to the Texas Triangle NBA podcast. We are here in person with each other. A, th- a three-man unit, if you will. First time this has ever happened, right? I think I, so. I was there one time, but I didn't say anything. I was just... Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, right. We were virtual. Man. Just me and David. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. It's been a while. Like Stain says. <laughs> oh, man. It took all of two minutes to get a new metal reference in. We're here. We're arrived. But, yeah, what's up, guys? Good to hear from you again. I can still remember just the way you taste, though. <laughs> Well, let's talk hoops. Start uh, start in Houston. Yeah, let's start in Houston. That's uh, been a weird, weird roller coaster over there since the All Star break with competence returning to the team somehow, some way. People are trying on defense. Couple wins recently. I'm just. I don't even. I don't even know who you are anymore, bro. That's what I would say to the Rockets. You've changed. You've really changed. And I don't know if I like it. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving me expectations. <laughs> but no, I think the. Like, I, it's not the first point on our little agenda or anything. But I think the most glaring obvious thing with the Rockets that's turned the corner is Jabari Smith. That'd probably be a good place to start. Just looks fucking different. Looks like he just all of a sudden had this switch in his head that said confidence on and off and somebody turned it to on. And now he's just flaming dudes shooting the ball very well, playing good defense. It's uh, kind of weird, but awesome. Very welcome. He's on that same trajectory Jalen was, I feel like, first year. Or just after the All-Star break, all of a sudden they're a basketball player. It's all, it's all you can really ask for, though, from a rookie, right? Like, you got to let them feel it out for the first half. And then if if to close out their rookie season, they're starting to really look like they're putting it together, then, you know, that's when I try to start projecting how they're going to be in the future. Cause... No, yeah, I could totally see that. Like, the ceiling, the perceived ceiling when they're young and just starting is just, it's unfair to them to, like, because the speed is so different from where they're coming from. The role is so different for Jabari coming from Auburn to the Rockets now. Uh, Just having to navigate and figure out a whole new coaching staff that's very laissez-faire to say the best about them and teammates that are, like, to dribble the basketball a lot at times Mm -hmm. in that backcourt. So it's just been an adjustment, and I think that – the adjustment is starting to pay off. All on a team that's actively trying to lose, too. So Very true. I don't even know that we can fairly assess anything with this mm-hmm. team because this season has been just such a masterful, <laughs> awful, 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 clearly obvious, no, we want to lose as many games as possible. They'll figure it out sometime kind of season. So I don't, I don't know what's going on as far as schematics and plans and that kind of stuff, but... It didn't seem like much, and now all of a sudden it seems like they're doing a little and, and playing with new lineups and stuff. Yeah. You know, watching rebuilding teams, there's this kind of funhouse mirror effect where certain guys are amplified and certain guys are, you know, their games aren't conducive to thriving in that environment. So it's always kind of hard to tell what's real and what's not. And if this guy's struggle is just the byproduct of the poor environment, the tanking environment, or if this other guy is, you know, showing out and putting up stats on a bad team, you know, the, the old Bill Simmons good stats, bad team guy thing, not to not to invoke his name, but <laughs> um, the, the point is it's just it's hard to tell what's real. Very true. It's just this bizarre 
you've got to kind of cut through your initial knee-jerk reactions to every game and, and start to aggregate. And that's really tough to do with a wildly inconsistent group like this. But it's, uh, I don't know. I'm feeling as optimistic as I have in probably two seasons with the Rockets right now. It just looks like a completely different group. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. I think deserves a very special shout out as he's become kind of a whipping boy for us included. But a lot of basically a lot of NBA media and Houston media and Twitter personalities kind of pin a lot of the chemistry issues and weird flow issues on KPJ um, fairly a lot of the time to be frank, but he's looked phenomenal since coming back from this injury. Pretty small sample size, about three games now, but just looked great scoring the ball, getting the first read done quickly and, and executing very well. And the guys are making the shots on the end of his passes, which is also a big factor in why he was kind of so not impressive earlier as a playmaker. He was having some guys clanging stuff a lot of the fucking time. So I just... I'm really interested to see how this group kind of finishes out the year. Um, I'm not concerned about them falling out of the bottom four. That seems relatively impossible at this point. Uh, so I say let her rip and, and get some get some wins and get some positive experience and momentum heading into the offseason and next year and see what we can maybe actually get out of these guys and who's going to stay and who's going to go should there be a uh, tectonic plate shift this offseason as many people seem to be whispering is very possible. And this is a team that needs to develop those organizing principles over the last 20 games because a, a lot of the discourse surrounding the organization, organization at large is just that it's kind of a tire fire. It's the Knicks of the South. We've, we've heard things like this, and this is an important opportunity to demonstrate the competence that we've been eager to see from this team that just hasn't manifested so far. And um, some guys to kind of rewrite their narratives because... For whatever reason, basketball fans really like to give final verdicts on guys three or four months into their NBA careers, which is insane. <laughs> it's it's wild, but it's so it's so utterly inescapable too at times. Like I catch myself doing that shit yeah. constantly. Prisoner right? of the moment. Yes, yeah. yes, and and you watch some in certain games, it'll be like this is the worst thing I've ever seen, and it is, and you're that upset about it. It's like <laughs> this guy's never gonna do it. No, but it's just like these are kids essentially, and they're going from amateur ball to pro ball now, where it's the point one percent of the point one percent from the last area they were in, and it, it's just totally different schematically culturally everything is so different going to the nba so it's it's hard to be patient especially when you have instant twitter recaps on everything now but and you know dudes like us in their living rooms doing podcasts <laughs> reacts to these rookies and it's just uh it's so hard to be patient and properly assess as it goes and and i think that the rockets doing what they're doing now assuming this is a consistent thing kind of goes to prove that point further that maybe it's it it's not a tire fire per se it's just a lot of kids in a bad situation figuring it out kind of on their own <laughs> and then now it looks like they kind of are and i don't know it seems like the kj martin oddly seems like he's taken the mantle of the vet since eric gordon has left and i think that the team has been better for it uh, it just seems like there's a lot more togetherness cohesiveness and interest in helping each other, not just their own stat lines like it was early on. 
um, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just reading too much into it or being optimistic or have gone completely fucking bonkers so I was dealing with this for three years. Uh, but something, something feels right all of a sudden instead of something feeling like there's a giant crocodile swimming in this black water that I'm on a rowboat in, like underneath me like it was before. And... I don't know. I'm talking too much. Sorry, guys. I'll let y'all jump in. If you want to, if you got any rockets points, so we were off the rails as far as that shit goes. But yeah. so the rockets are my favorite team to watch this year because I'm not actually a rockets fan, but I just see so much potential and so much talent on the team. And the way it's used doesn't bother you though. Like I, even I'm full on like what the, the fuck the is way, that the way the way I was the last one. I was the uh, last one that was like I think Steven Silas might actually be a genius. They're just not letting him guys, but even I'm just kind of like, oh no. No, the way it's oh used God, would bother me if they weren't obviously trying to tank. It seems like what they're doing is like you know, they're not having any talks with their team with the team about, "Hey, why don't we take good shots?" Or, like, try to get her shooting percentages up because that would mean, you know, winning. <laughs> so they're just letting him go out and do it. And so I look at, I, I look at Jalen Green, and he's incredible but taking a lot of shots that he probably shouldn't take. I see, I see KPJ looking incredible, but if he, you know, if he looked to pass the ball about 15, 20% more and run the offense, he would be He kind of so scares me when he passes amazing. it sometimes. I'll be <laughs> honest. I don't know. He's kind of still square pegging it in the round hole for the fucking point guard assignment. Yeah. I, it's for me. But I, it's getting a lot better, and I, I, I now see a timeline where he can mm. say, I told you so, mm. which is encouraging. Yeah. I got nothing bad to say about KJ, Garuba, or... Tarnese in there. I feel like there's nothing but good. Garuba's like my favorite player in the league right Garuba now. Garuba the last... The dude, dude just goes out there, plays his heart out, like out-physicals people, and actually has some solid skills. I love watching him play. The, Cannot play miss a three-pointer, weirdly. It's the weirdest <laughs> shit I've seen. Garuba is on this insane hot streak from three uh, ever since he's gotten consistent minutes. And uh, I've always seen him as potentially Clint Capella with range as a high, high, high ceiling. But I'm just kind of like, this guy, he was forgotten about for a long time because he was in and out with injuries, but this is a serious basketball player yeah. on both ends of the floor. Garuba has potential to go full Clint Capella. Yep. I, I believe it. It may, it may just be my heart speaking because when I watch him play, I just feel like I love him and have known him forever. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I don't know why, but I like the guy. And yeah, I think if they, you know, I don't know if Silas is, I and mean, he's not going to be their guy next year, is he? It sure doesn't seem like it. Mm -hmm. uh, in the last few games of this year, it probably has a mm -hmm. lot of weight, though, because mm -hmm. I think this is where they've basically let the rope go mm -hmm. and been like, show us what you got. Mm -hmm. and show me what you got <laughs> from the whole, the front office is mm -hmm. basically the head in the sky. <laughs> Just in that situation. Basically, the front office is now like, show us what you got. They've let the rope go. It's Silas's time to shine and actually have schemes and mm -hmm. do things now, right? Allegedly. But I, I don't think he's the guy next year, no. Especially if the James comes back and they're trying to pivot to winning. Well, either way, starting next year is when they sh are officially trying to win again and they should be running actual plays and schemes. And that's when I feel like you can really start to judge the players on whether or not they're starting to actually play within the system and playing for each other. Because right now, I don't think there's anything stopping them from just going out and doing what they want they've looked a lot better lately mm -hmm. which is nice to see but it's it's just so hard to judge them on what they're doing when what they're doing also is trying to lose 
It's fair. Yeah. I don't know how this would get over politically in the Rockets organization or even with Rockets fans, but my mind is just going, let's get Dan Tony back in there. How fun would Dan Tony be there? Dan Tony with this group oh, would yeah. be so much fun. Actually, even I... especially if James came back. I mean, without. Completely without just this group. I like KPJ under Dan Tony could become a monster. Uh, there's Jalen Green under D'Antoni could become oh, an absolute monster. Shingoon would be fucking batshit nuts. Okay. If, if he said, Alfie, I want you to go out there and assume the role that like Boris Diaw did in 2006 with the Suns, where he's kind of like this, you know, just running gun center point center. I mean, I'm salivating. It's yeah. it's it's amazing, but I don't think it will happen. I don't either. He's too expensive for Tillman. <laughs> But uh, also, I, I back to the, circling back to Jabari. I just have one. It, there's been a lot of adjustments, and a lot of the positives have happened with tinkering with the lineup and Jabari Smith at the five, which John and I have talked about since literally the moment they drafted Jabari Smith, and it's actually gone fairly well in those limited minutes. And I just wonder how much does that potentially put Shingun on a block? Does that potentially put Shingun as odd man out? Does this any, does Shingun at the four as any weight or is it just Shingun off the bench? Is Shingun too good to be off the bench? It just feels like Shingun maybe gets unfairly wedged out as this team develops and they find fun new schemes to do. And maybe the Alpi hub is something we only get for a couple years and and I, I hope not, but. I don't, I don't think Jabari's necessarily a guy that you want to play full time at the five, even though he has the size, just because of the that's a good point. The the questionable rim protection. Not that Alpi is a great rim protector, but I think that's kind of a guy that you'd want to deploy at the five during crunch time when you want to get you want to get out and switch and you want to cut off penetration and you want to get out on shooters. That's when you know you run Jabari at the five, Tari at the four, oh God, whoever else great. at the one, two, three. That front court is just oh, oh yeah, <laughs> or just based on matchup, right? Like yeah, what works right at the time. But I mean, Shingun's another player that I don't have much bad to say about. Me neither. I I think the defensive miscues are greatly overstated. I think he's like Jokic in that regard, where he needs the scheme around him to be stable. He's not good, mm. but if mm. the scheme around him is okay, he's going to be okay at his one little assignment on that end of the floor. Um. I, I just, he's just so far and away just brilliant on the basketball court mm -hmm. for his age. And I've seen a lot more people throwing the Sabonis com, uh, comp around, especially this year's Sabonis, rather than, than Joker. And I kind of like that. I feel it's a little more realistic uh, an, an expectation to set. And I also think they're just, they're slightly different. And Sabonis has a bit more hop and pace to him. And I think Alpi could be that, especially with this crew around him. And... I don't know, man. I just I don't want to lose Alperen Shingun in the shuffle. I hope that the front office values him as much as as I do, because <laughs> he just seems like such a smart and and malleable guy to have around on a team as it develops. Yeah, I think Alpi. Um, the the one the one thing that I get hung up on with him is I think um, I think Domas has a little bit better physicality in his game. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that could also be that Alpi is just still growing into his body and getting stronger. He's a young guy. But that's another comp that I think we're making on draft night, you know, yep. Domas. But, I mean, there's no reason that these guys can't play together. True. 
Jabari and Shangun can play together. Jabari, Tari, and Shangun can and should play together. Yes. So it's not like this is a guy who's not going to have a role on the team. It just might not be the loftiest role. True. And that might be the case for a lot of these guys. It's just it's getting to the point where it's a shitter get off the pot next year with the Rockets and, and things like fit are going to actually have to become concerns. Yeah. Uh, but right now it's a luxury of just we have a lot of young talent. Let's throw it at the wall and see what happens. And you have guys that you can plug into literally any situation. There's not a team in the NBA that would say no to Tari or Jabari. Yep. Absolutely right. It's nuts. It's just, yep. I, I am starting to feel, like I said earlier, just so much more encouraged about the direction of this franchise and, and this particular group of guys. I, at a certain, there have been low points this season where I've been like, ship them out. Don't even worry. I, I like I like these two. You know, I'm not even going to name names because I don't, I don't need anybody to know my rock bottom. But uh, <laughs> I, just, I, I just think this is, uh, it's all of a sudden uh, an uplifting encouraging experience watching these guys play ball instead of just a just absolute drag and complete buy a six-pack on your way home and drink it all before halftime experience that it used to be uh, earlier this season for me as a Rockets fan so I don't know I'm, I'm happy I'm happy with how this is going I'm interested to see how this offseason plays out there's a lot of rumors swirling around about whether they even keep the pick if it lands outside of the top three um, it's just going to be wild times in Houston. We'll have a lot to discuss over the coming weeks. I don't want to dominate the whole pod with Rockets talk. So I say I say, let's move on to the old... Who did we say would go in second? Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, yeah let's move uh, on to the other way intriguing team in, in Texas. Yeah. The third tanking team, apparently. <laughs> yeah, so as, as, a, as a Mavs fan, when you talk about the Rockets being a... Grab a six-pack on your way home. I don't get it because it's... Like man, you know you know what you're getting with the Rockets this year. I really want to fucking drink when I watch the Mavericks right now. It's you know started out with some pretty decent high hopes. Um, it was like yeah they're sticking around 500, but the West is just so competitive right now. It's cool they'll pull away at the end. You know then a lot of questionable decisions. Um, I don't understand why. Christian Wood isn't getting more playing time. I don't understand a lot of the things Jason Kidd is doing. Um, Dwight Powell is super important to the team for reasons I kind of can see, but will never understand. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tim Hardaway is a roller coaster, but he's like still one of my favorite players. And when he's on fire, it's just one of the most beautiful things to see in the world. The Kyrie trade makes me very very nervous but when I watched them on the court together it was you know they weren't picking up the wins but I was like I really like the way this looks um Hardaway started shooting lights out with them both on the floor um the way that they beat the 76ers that one game when it was looking like wow this is really gonna work and then Luca got hurt and then for some reason I guess Kyrie had a friend that died, but it just kind of seems like, well, if Luke is not playing, I'm not playing. Like some real Kyrie <laughs> shit. He missed the for the funeral, and then all of a sudden now he has a foot injury. So I don't know how the. I mean, I'm assuming he's actually dinged up his foot or something. But yeah, that is a. It does seem kind of like he's. He's he's using that bereavement policy to the fullest. <laughs> Haven't we all? Yeah, you're right. Amen. Amen. But yeah, so now it looks like we're playing game bound, which makes me sad. I I have fully dropped all expectations for anything Mavericks this year. Um, Jason Kidd 
also makes me sad. His face makes me sad. The way he talks to the media makes me sad. (laughs) I don't know. Like he talks to the media as if he's also just watching the team. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, dude, you're in charge of this stuff that we're asking you about. What do you mean? Like, if you're not in charge of this, can you tell us? Because that's a really interesting story. Like, (laughs) why isn't Christian Wood getting more minutes? I don't know. Why? It's not my team, man. You know, (laughs) like, Like, like he's managing a Best Buy. Yeah, yeah. He's got his cap backwards in the interviews now. It's not even like full on Mavs pride. He talks like he's like, yeah, you know, if it were up to me, I'd do it different. And it's like, it is. Up to you, man. All like, of his dude, interviews <laughs> now sound like he's like he should have a cigarette in his hand. In all of these <laughs> interviews, it sounds like he's just like che- it feels checked out. And I don't know, John. You mentioned lack of accountability, and it's just I don't know, man. It's 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 weird. The kid kid seems to be against mm. everyone <laughs> or everyone. He, mm. he seems to think everyone is against him or something. Mm. I don't know. So when kid got hired, I was very very opposed him being hired and then the Mavericks went on the run in the playoffs that they did last year and I was like wow I'm really optimistic what and then this the year was yeah, incredible. yeah it was awesome I didn't see it coming and then this year happened and he looks like he doesn't give any bit of a shit anymore and I just don't I don't know what to think about it and we we did we recorded a podcast the the last time I was here that ended up getting scrapped, but one of the questions was, who is the rookie on your team that you're least looking forward to seeing? And I said, Jaden Hardy. And you guys were like, oh, why? And I was like, because if he's playing any sort of significant minutes, something really fucking bad happened. <laughs> and here we are. This is where we're at today. So With Luca and Kyrie out, yeah. he's literally the man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Jaden yeah. the ball, yeah. let him cook. Yeah, going five, five for 19 or whatever, but... You know, putting up points. I mean, they need to get yeah. offense somewhere, and he's he, instant offense. And he does look very – he looks advanced for the age. Like, yeah. let's not shit on Jaden Hardy. He looks quite good, but he's not ready for this level of no, responsibility. No, 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 no. He needs to be out there with Kyrie and but, Luka and that, that way. That's what I was saying. I'm excited to see him next year. I yeah. don't – like, it's kind of cool getting to see him play, but it, it's because everything's falling apart. It's like there's two, yeah, it's funny. It's kind of like the Warriors, but less graceful. There's like two timelines happening at once, kind of. But uh, I don't know, man. It's it's like the rotations, even with the injuries, have been really curious. Like you'd think you'd be all hands on deck. Yeah, Christian Wood, you're playing 30 tonight. And no, he gets a DNP with Luka and Kyrie out. And it's right. just, uh, it's curious at best. Uh, seems like there's an, a rift between front office and, and kid, mm-hmm. for sure. And kid, like we were talking about this earlier, kid won't give a straight answer for why he won't play Wood, when if he would just answer honestly and was like, I don't like the guy, <laughs> we would get it. Because yes, nobody yeah. has liked Christian Wood ever that has played with him or coached him. <laughs> that's, that's an answer. I get that. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Poor we have, Christian yeah, Wood. We got no draft pick. Um, I don't expect. I expect us to win our play-in game. See, I was gonna then, ask. I was gonna stop you on the play-in thing. Like currently, yes, but I mean, all the way up to the fucking four seed is still three games in the lock. Yeah, the West is what the West is like. We got what twelve games left. Like Golden State was a hopeless play-in case. We were worried about their future of even making the playoffs like four days ago. Mm-hmm. I feel like. And, okay. And now it's they're they're sitting pretty at the sixth seed, and I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of fluidity going on there. Dallas could go on that run, which you mentioned. I'm probably prisoner uh, of the moment 
but I just can't. I guess because I've been paying attention to the last three or four games, <laughs> but I can't imagine a world where we're not a play-in team. But I, you know, looking I, at the numbers now, we could also get out of the plan. I was the just, way things are. Utah's I, only going back in the loss <laughs> column. Yeah. You know, and just to take a step back and, and look at this, look at the big picture here, you have a team with Luka Doncic on it, and you're 500. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't that just kind of feel like, what the fuck? And it's because you have a team with Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, and a bunch of fucking eggplants. Yep. And those two guys, you, it, at very least, you need those eggplants to be defensive eggplants. And you don't even have any of those guys that hang their hat on that end of the floor. And so Kyrie and Luka, while they definitely try harder on that end now, are not good. They still need solid other pieces around them that you can hide. Mm-hmm. Or, or you, know, so you switch Luka onto the post or whatever. And it's just not... I don't see a world where you can beat everybody in the playoffs 150 to 148 four mm-hmm. times out of seven like that yeah. just doesn't seem possible to me yeah, but we, we traded our best defender to get Kyrie. yep um bullock is still bullock. solid defender yes very good defender and he's stepped up his offensive game now that he's in that spot very much well um, so and i do like his hair it's yeah, like looks yeah. like an awesome yeah. pretzel yeah i want to <laughs> keep my pogs in his tubes you know what i mean <laughs> it looks like a balloon animal yeah exactly yeah balloon animal is perfect and kleba's defense Kleba is, is the guy who holds it all together defensively for me. You wouldn't be able to tell from the Spurs game, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but his defense is great, and he's been kind of hurt. And, it's, and he plays bigger in big moments, which I just, man, I never would have guessed this is the player he was going to become. <laughs> ever. God ever. Damn. The end of that Spurs game was funny because when he gave up that alley-oop to Kelvin Johnson... If you if you look at him, if you isolate him, it looks like he was just dropped on an alien planet and he was trying to get his bearings. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Kelvin Johnson is like running down the court fist pumping because he just got the easiest alley-oop of his life. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, I could see us getting out of the play-in game. I, you know, New Orleans plays well sometimes. Utah, who the fuck do they think they are? Yeah, Larry Markin, yeah, so good, most improved so player. I think is this not Danny Ainge wet dream? Like yes. he's he's managing yeah. the Utah Jazz and his best player is Larry Markkinen. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. And he's got a full cupboard of draft picks yeah. ready to go to draft more Europeans. And Mark Cuban <laughs> is putting his fist through the fucking wall, looking at Utah. Yeah, yeah. he traded all like his main talent for thirty nine first round picks. And he's still sitting around 500 yeah. in the West. You know what I mean? Like oh. Utah truly is white Wakanda. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> white Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> There's our episode name, boys. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Who did the, didn't they trade somebody else recently for another first-round pick? Oh, no. Weren't they involved in the Lakers trade that got him a first-round pick? Yes, I believe they were. Oh that yeah, monstrosity. Yeah, yeah. Because because now oh, Malik Beasley. Beasley. Yeah, Beasley. Beasley. There it is. There and it is. Beasley, man, the Lakers. If LeBron comes back, like I think they they're, I don't know. It's I can't like current. It's hard to believe in the Lakers, but there's a lot of talent on that team. They scare me. 
the post-trade deadline Lakers, after losing yeah. Russ and and bringing in Vanderbilt and Beasley, are really really good deep team now. And I, mm-hmm. I too, I think. But LeBron mm-hmm. reevaluated in three weeks. The inside scoop says uh, that it's actually three weeks is entirely too optimistic. It'll oh. probably be longer. Are, are we sure that Dallas can make it out of the play-in? I was just gonna... The, the bottom of this could because fall out. Like I, I feel fairly Portland's, confident yeah. that they could beat Minnesota, but would you bet on them beating either of OKC or LA? How the fuck do they guard OKC if SGA's playing? They don't. I don't know, man. I don't know what to think of the Mavericks right now. I got... These, these 12 games are gonna mean a lot to how I view the team. And there's a lot that Supernova Luca can make up for, mm-hmm. and that's the thing too. Like playoff Luca is just, it's unreal. Yeah. Um. And and his defensive intensity ratchets up. Wasn't he hunting LeBron and guarding LeBron not too long ago in a player at the end of a Laker game, just mm-hmm. bombarding step mm-hmm. backs. So it could it could wildly swing either direction. I'm just I'm looking at these standings like fuck, man. We could look at the Dallas Mavericks missing the play in altogether, mm-hmm. and that becomes like a level five catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Like Kyrie Irving definitely won't want to resign, and that's kind of you've hitched your wagon to that. That's got to be the move this offseason because you don't have money to sign anybody else. It's just. It's kind of a scary teeter-totter of a situation in Dallas right now in spite of having an all-world top three fucking basketball player. It just feels grim. Yes, and, and it shouldn't. you can't even say, well, once the season's over, things right. can get better. Right. We yep. don't own our pick. We don't know what happens with Kyrie. Signing him seems like a bad idea. Not signing him sounds like a worse idea. Uh... The way the negotiations go, yeah. even if you end up getting like a pin on paper, you could have pissed him off in the process somehow by uh-huh. sliding him or putting an incentive in there that he feels is a, a, a dig. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's just so many. He's so temperamental and weird. Right. <laughs> Something could happen to him in fucking traffic on the way to sign, and yeah. you know, then he doesn't like Texas anymore. All of a sudden, yeah, yeah. I want to go to. Yeah. Where do you think Kyrie would want to go? One hundred percent. Where do you guys think Kyrie is like? This is home. Cali, I guess. I don't know. To Portland. <laughs> Portland, yeah. Portland could ease Kyrie down a little bit, I bet. I don't know, man. The closer he is to Alex Jones, I feel like the better he would be. <laughs> let's get, the most let's get Kyrie in DC, feel. man. Let's yeah, get him with the Wizards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kyrie, uh, his yeah. every practice, he goes over and just sits in the Senate chamber and listens. <laughs> <laughs> he has ghost hunting equipment. <laughs> yes, yes. Dude, does he ghost hunt? I don't know. I assume that's something he'd be into. I would fucking be. ghost hunt with be. Kyrie at the uh, drop of a hat. Oh, that I would wouldn't be even. Night. I wouldn't even care if we'd like, like, search for homeless people. Like, I'd full on get stabbed ghost hunting with Kyrie. That sounds like a good time. Kyrie, are there Jewish ghosts? <laughs> no, I mean, they just don't <laughs> <laughs> he would just be suggesting documentaries to me the whole time. It wouldn't even be fun now that I think about it. I bet ghost hunting with Kyrie would be fun. I'm still on board. Call us, Kyrie. If you're ghost hunting, call us. You know, yeah, I know you're listening. Um. <laughs> We're used to packing in heavy equipment to play for only ghosts. So. <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> Our entire music careers. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, so I've, I've dropped all expectations for the Mavericks this year. Even if things looked a little better, it's still you know, the West. So I would have to temper my expectations anyway. Kind of kneecapped. And then there's a lot of like, you can't, 
You can't recoup picks with any of these players. Nope. You can't. It, there's nothing Luka. there. Luca. Luca's the only one, and no way. Unless Luca comes to you and says, huh. "I want to go." Yeah, that's which, the the one of the dangers of not signing Kyrie is Luca can decide that the years left on his contract don't matter anymore, and he wants out. Ironically enough, though, in a year and a half, signing Kyrie would probably push Luca out the door. Right, yeah. <laughs> by the, yeah, 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 yeah. By the yeah. time you, you work with them for a year yeah. or two, most people are pretty much done, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And uh, Can you imagine that con- Luca? hey, man, I think I want out of here. Well, you know what? I would like symmetrical testicles, but it's not in the cards. I'm not trading you. You're fucking Luka Doncic, yeah. Yeah. But... Man, yeah, because Cuban would try to strong arm more so than I feel like the Rockets kind of weak, weak to, to just bow to James Harden, the son of our universe. They had to just bow to him. How but, many draft picks do the Rockets have this year? The Rockets have their own pick, and they have a right to swap it with the Nets. Um, and then the yeah, they have the Clippers, uh, pick. the Clippers pick, which or the Bucks pick, mm-hmm. it, whichever is better of those two. Basically, mm-hmm. they get to take and like. Um, three hundred million in cap space. So yes, it'll almost definitely <laughs> be the Clippers' pick, though. Oh yeah, the Clippers are kind of do. They're kind of sliding, and the Bucks are, yeah. of course. What is their actual sick. cap space? I know it's a lot. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I think if they ex- don't two, exercise two max every, slots, right? yeah, it's two maxes for sure. I think it's ninety plus mil if they exer- don't exercise the options that they have. So just enough for Harden and Embiid. Yes, which Ooh. man, I would love to be a Rockets fan. Then you got then you got to worry. Well, you'd be trading Shingoon to Philly for sure. Daryl would love to get his grubby little paws on Alpi Shingoon, wouldn't he? I, I I love Alpi, but I would throw him into a wood chipper for Joel Embiid. I'm oh, sorry. Oh yeah. yes, fuck yeah. yes. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah. Yep. If Harden brings somebody else, that's wild. I I I'm assuming this is just like a come be a swan song for the end of my career somewhere I love and be loved. He's still really good. But he's so fun. He's one yeah. of the best point guards in the fucking league right now. And he's just fully evolved into becoming a supporter instead of the man. And it's just, it's, I don't know. It warms my heart to see James kind of maturing. I don't know. The way he's dialed in and calibrated right now, I don't see how anybody would be worried about James Harden coming back to this team or impacting the kids negatively. or blah, blah, blah. He's, We got back to Harden. From the Mavs. Well, because we were talking draft picks, and I just—I uh, yeah. I was actually <laughs> curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. We, like, we were talking. Did I do this? Did no, I do no. That? Mavs, Mavs futility led seamlessly back into. Well, look at how like how bright is your future? <laughs> Let me live through you for a minute. Well, let's go from Mavs futility and doom and gloom, and which you know we've done this before, and the Mavs ripped off like a nine-game win streak. So we could reverse curse the Mavs right into that six seed, or or, or into the five or four even. The Clippers at five, that's surprising to me. I figured they had slid further. If we reverse cursed the Mavs into a winning streak, I would feel worse about that than that time we killed Mean Gene Okerlund. Boy, sure, I'm glad Mean Gene's still around. It was like three days later, like, dong, the Undertaker bell went off. Yep, our reverse cursing powers are for sale. Uh, If you'd like to hit us up in the DMs, let us know. We're happy to reverse curse anybody you like. Uh, Y'all should have talked about Michael Cole, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I like Michael Cole. All that shit talking we did about Michael Cole turned him into a damn he's good, good he's good yeah, yeah he's fantastic he, he looks like he's having a little more fun uh, that too he yeah. looks like he's allowed to say what he wants yeah yeah Vince McMahon is in his ear just telling him he's a fucking horrible person the entire time <laughs> I wish you were dead Michael yeah, <laughs> the shit he's just saying <laughs> <laughs> 
by this little worm. I, call it. <laughs> I can, t- I can <laughs> totally see it. God, did you hear? Did you hear that Vince McMahon came back with a mustache? <laughs> yes. Did you see the picture? Was it? People were saying the picture was fake, but it sure looked real. Oh yeah. my God! There was a picture. Yeah. Oh man! Well, this episode's definitely going to be called Vince McMahon's mustache, yeah. then, right? Like, and they're trying to—they're <laughs> trying to pretend he was only there to visit Cena. But we got Brock versus Omos and Otis in the Maximum Male Models. Vince is fucking back and creative. Yes. Yes, all right? he is. I don't know. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that I'm like, this looks like Vince again. But mm-hmm. all right, we got to talk Spurs before we okay, talk okay, wrestling. Okay, okay. Let's move on to the, the uh, not—I don't want to say least interesting, but the team doing their job the best as the three Texas <clears> teams, the San Antonio Spurs. Beacons of stability that they are. I sure wish I could simulate to the end of the season. Right. <laughs> God damn it, this is uh, slow. It's a look, slog. Look, look, I, I'm very excited about the future of this team. Jeremy Sohan looks like a fucking stud. Yes, he does. Um, Polish god. The Polish hammer. <laughs> um, you know, the other rookies look great. Malachi Branham has been outstanding a little rookie inconsistency but overall he's far exceeded my expectations blake wesley has struggled since returning from that knee injury but that's understandable he's shown some flashes it's all been very interesting to watch and i'm very optimistic but god damn it i am tired of watching this team really the only thing there is to, to 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 talk about is debating you know who guys might be and the 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 center of that debate among Spurs fans has been Keldon Johnson. Yes. What is the future hold for Mr. Johnson? I, I, that's a contentious debate. It's one of my favorite little things to just peep in on Twitter and just see when John says something critical of Keldon Johnson, just how mad some people get. Like, dude, it's just, this is a rebuild. Like, not all of these guys are promised to, to pan out. And, and I'm, I'm not being super mean about Keldon Johnson. Not I'm just I'm just pushing back on the notion that he's a future multiple-time All-Star that a lot of Spurs fans seem to believe. That's a really high ceiling and expectation to set for Keldon Johnson, who's undersized for his position and not a great defender right now, and his shooting stroke has been inconsistent at best, when that was supposed to be what he did. Okay, so look, here's, here's the big and small with Keldon. He's undersized for his position, He's shooting below league average from three this season. And he's one of the most damaging defenders in the NBA, period. So if your expectation for that guy is to be one of your three best players on a title contender, I, I just don't see it because you just you can't you can't have a guy he's gonna be a liability in the playoffs. Let's just get to it. You can't be that bad defensively in a prominent role on a playoff team. No. You really can't. And and there's just not a lot to where or th- if a guy can be played off the floor in a playoff series he shouldn't be one of your foundational guys he should just be a role player unless he can be a heliocentric offensive type of guy like Luca yes. but he's not he's not in the same realm of a player and I don't think he can be one of the pillars of your roster. He's no Jungle Boy Jack Perry. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, He's what? not even Sammy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Keldon, Keldon Johnson's more of a hook. <laughs> <laughs> the what? toughest eighth grader. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> Dude, when, when Hook came, came into the ring and all of the people ran out, I forget, it was like... 
Big Bill or whatever. Big Bill. Yeah, it was like all these like it's like a seven footer and all these huge dudes, and then like the eighth grade weed dealer starts walking <laughs> walk into the ring and they all spill out. <laughs> AEW tangent. <laughs> but uh what was Keldon's contract that he just got? Uh he basically got four for eighty, but it's declining. It's a really team friendly con <clears throat> contract, so um, it's not that I don't like the contract, and it's not that I don't think he can play a role on the team. It's just that he's not going to be one of the three best players on the team. See, exactly. I think that's what a lot of people are maybe misconstruing, is that it, saying he's not going to be an all-star doesn't mean you think he's a piece of shit that shouldn't be in the team or anything. Mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't mean that he's not going to be a productive, awesome guy on the team. Like Some of the greatest and most likable, fun spurs of all time were the role players. And... What's wrong with him being one of those? Or even a starter that's not an all-star. Like, yeah. there's just so many avenues for Keldon Johnson to succeed with this organization not having to be the number one option the way that they're kind of forcing him into now. I mean, look, there are tons of teams around the league that are contending for titles who are playing an undersized, bad defensive, bad shooting small forward. <laughs> 35 minutes a game. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, but. I'm a little more optimistic about Keldon, I think, but I, I see you, I don't see any lack of validity in that point. Let me just put that out there. I, I agree, yes. You're not wrong, but I think Spurs fans are yeah, they're spoiled, first of all. Yes. They're fucking spoiled. They don't they're freaking <laughs> out that they're like, why aren't we winning a championship every other year still? But okay, so Keldon's the one guy that got paid in the offseason. So it's made a lot of them think like, oh, this is our this is our guy for the future when it was just I mean, I feel like they just had to spend their money somewhere. They kind of liked where he was as a player. He's kind of forced into that number one, number two option this year where that's not where he should be again on a team that's trying to lose. And if they get they start getting their their future players, their real number ones, number twos, and he slides into that three, third or fourth option players, he's going to get a lot more open looks and the shooting might improve because that's what he was signed on was a shooting right yeah so pretty much i mean it's that i'll take your word for it i haven't watched a ton of spurs games but i can see in your face that he is not shooting well no he's not <laughs> shooting well i like when he gets downhill i still think he's a really underrated good drive and drive and finish guy uh for his size especially he's usually got a guy who's a little taller on him and, and he still manages to slither his way in there, bulldoze his way in there. It's probably more ap accurate description. But I just, I could see, I, I have a, a contrarian op a question to float, though. And, and I wanna, are we doing the recency bias thing that we talked about earlier? Like It's been a few years, for sure. There is a, a body of work for Keldon Johnson. But I would also posit and argue that his body of work has improved year after year. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is he's on his second contract, and usually by the time you're on your second contract, you're pretty close to the player you're going to be. Fair, fair. They and try to know who you are by the time they lock you up for money, yeah. He's not going to get any longer or taller. Fair. <laughs> uh, guys rarely just flip a switch and become good defenders in the middle of their careers. I mean, Because effort's not the problem for yeah. him. No, it's yeah. not. It's, it's more, you know, mental and physical. He's... I've, I've, I've been saying this for years. He's too small to guard the big elite wings, and he's too slow to guard the best guards. So who, who do you put him on? Yep. You can't play John Collins every night. 
He's not tall enough to where you could really throw him, hide him in the post. You're right. Like if he became a tree trunk, mm. what is he? Six six. He's six, like six five. Yeah, six five. Trying to play a three four <clears throat> is, is tough. Like because he's too slow to be a two. He, you can't slot him over there. I think ultimately Keldon, he's not a star or necessarily even a starter on a really good team. I guess it kind of depends on the players around him, but. I think he's in a similar tier to like a, a Jay Sean Tate in Houston, where it's like you don't expect this guy to be an all-star, but he's a contributor and he's an energy guy and everyone likes him and he's a professional. I think Jay Sean's a little better defender, but oh, significantly I agree. better. Yeah, but yeah. but in, in terms of the role they would play, yeah, yeah. kind of a glue, the glue, the classic glue guy, <laughs> so to speak, Spritz, the spritzing glue guy, <laughs> shooting glue. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Well then if Keldon is for sure just a guy, not a pillar, who would we call the pillars now? Besides Sohan is the obvious one, I would say. It's it's Vassell. I, I think there are two pillars on this team. It's it's Sohan and Vassell. Vassell um, is so damn good. And I, I think you could probably earmark a a position for whoever they draft, mm -hmm. which will probably be a top five pick. It, it could fall to like seven. Seven at the worst, but I can't see the league. I mean, they, uh, I don't know. The lottery is totally random. I, I just can't <laughs> see it randomly ending up where the Spurs, who have been the choir boys of the NBA for so long and done everything the right way, finally have a bad year. I can't imagine they'd bottom them out all the way to the seventh pick. You know what? I, I you know, I, I'm in draft mode already. I've been in draft mode since fucking September. Um... I'm obsessed with everyone who could feasibly go in the top seven in this draft. There's not a single guy that they could take in the top seven, which they could surprise us. They've done it before. But... <laughs> there of, was of, the time for the primo. No, I'm just kidding. Of, of any of the guys who have, are commonly mocked to go in the top seven, there's not a single one of them who wouldn't immediately be deserving of a starting spot on this team. Fair. Especially the big three or two, I guess it's a three. I just, I'm so hesitant to put Miller in there just because I'm kind of. It's funny because the media started moving toward putting Brandon Miller above Scoot and then yes. he laid that donut. Yeah. What was it, just two nights ago? Yeah, I think it was last night actually. Yeah. And then I feel like we're trying really hard to move away from the, well, he brought a gun to the murder scene of a young single mother. Yes. Uh, which is just really, I can't imagine the Spurs drafting that guy. I can't either. Um, Rockets for sure, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what were the the Tillman? He all he did was bring someone's property back to them. They they asked him to. That's like that's how people have honestly. I've seen people framing it on Twitter. And I'm what like, you're kind of gross. Like, see, why would you go out of your way to defend this because you like the way he plays basketball? That's really weird. That whole thing, at best. Brandon Miller comes out looking like a complete dumb fuck. Yes. Like, you're that. you're a, a, a college kid. You're going to be a top three pick in the draft. You have your entire life ahead of you. You're going to make millions of dollars, and you're going to bring someone, some dumb fucking loser, a gun? Yep. Why in the fuck would you do that? No idea. No idea. Uh, I've been... I've been 19 years old before, and I've done really stupid shit. I know that I, that's the only thing I can say is that you're pretty fucking stupid when you're 19, typically. Oh, God, uh, man. But, God, dude, if I, I would like to imagine if I had that much on my plate just ready, waiting to go, I, I would try to make a little bit better decision. But friends are tough to say no to sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. Peer too. pressure. Yeah. 
if it's an old old buddy mm -hmm. from all the way back in third grade or something and I don't know that but I just it's and I'm not trying to excuse anything at all I just it's just ugh. I, I'm trying to logic why someone with such potential in their life would do something like that and the only thing I can come up with is like you said at best he's extremely fucking dumb and foolhardy <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the talent is tantalizing. That kind of stuff worries me, especially having to see what went down with the Grizzlies and, and tantalizing talent versus worrisome trends and, and behaviors and stuff like that. And it's just, it's something that I, I personally am done with the Rockets being in all that matters is best talent mode. I would like for them to start looking at things that impact the team from a less tangible perspective, as far as like chemistry, as far as like caring about the team more than themselves, or these type of character issues that don't seem to really matter so far in this rebuild. I'm with you. I would like to assume that just because of that, he's kind of out the window, yeah. but I don't know, man. I mean, my, my personal big board if we ever get to discuss it on the podcast, it'd be kind of controversial, but my third guy is Jairus Walker. Dude, Jairus Walker looks incredible. That's a three is a lot, but I would be top five would be no question for me. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I kind of, I know the fit isn't there, but Jairus Walker ending up in Houston and just continuing that lineage of great Houston Cougars becoming Houston Rockets. <laughs> the, I don't know. I just, I kind of like it. That would be really fun. Walker's the big boy, right? Jairus Walker. He's like six seven, right? He's he's like, he's, he's like six eight <clears throat> seven two wingspan. Yeah, he's a, okay. he's a long boy, <laughs> kind of a Tari Eason build. Uh, yes, as a Mavericks fan who have had, I mean, Luca was a great draft pick, but since I've been a fan, we've had very very few picks in the draft at all. So I don't get into draft mode until around draft time. But you you know, you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> 17 wins and 18 wins. You've been, you've been looking at prospects for a while, it's I'm guessing. It's I'm <laughs> yeah. not that I know, plugged I know. in. I've, I've, I feel like I'm a little more plugged in just by virtue of Twitter and the people that I see on there with uh, the G League and international guys as opposed to the college ball. College mm -hmm. ball is hard to watch for me, uh, frankly. Leaving the tournament, it's so exciting and fun, but it's just like, this is really bad fucking basketball, and mm -hmm. it kind of hurts sometimes. But The shooting is so bad. Yes, the form yeah. and everything yeah. is just kind of like, who the fuck let this guy on the court, and why is he so important to this team? This is weird. Like I, I don't know. The it's number just... of full-court passes I've seen to the other team <laughs> so far in the tournament <laughs> is fucking mind-blowing. Yes, it is. To, on teams that are, like, up... Yep. And they're just they get a they get trapped for like a second and they just heave it across and it's like, no, you don't do that. No. You, just, you better off just throwing it out of bounds. Yeah, chill yes. the fuck out. And then college is when like the coaching really fucking matters and all that stuff is really like where they're drilling it in and they're the ones controlling it. And they're like, how have these great coaches not done a single double team drill with any of their fucking guys bringing the ball up across half court? Like, oh man. I judge them, but I got trapped in an intramural game, and I freaked the fuck out. <laughs> I did the exact same thing. It's probably jarring, yeah, especially two giants are really relentless. Like, imagine two, like, Pat Bevs or two freaking uh, Mikhail Bridges, two of those guys coming at you or something. That's terrifying, like, yeah. But uh, back to the Spurs. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. You know, the, I think one of the reasons this team is so difficult to talk about is because if – this rebuild were a baby, it would be an embryo. <laughs> we, we've we got two guys who we could see being pillars and a bunch of interesting guys, but there's just not 
a lot there with the Spurs right now. It's the infant stages for sure. Yeah, yeah. Embryo is even better, yeah. And if the Spurs do land one of the super tantalizing prospects, Wimby, Scoot, things change very radically very quickly. Um, but until then, we're kind of just in a holding pattern. I think so, too. What's good about the Spurs, at least at the moment, is that you're in the middle of this big rebuild, but you have Popovich as a coach, so you believe it's going to go in the right direction. Whereas mm -hmm. the Rockets are, you know, they have the upside on just being overloaded with talented prospects, but you just don't know where yeah. where that's going. I, I think the one thing that the Spurs definitely have over the other two Texas teams right now is they have been, outside of the Primo thing, I would say exceptionally well managed. They've done a great job managing their assets other than blowing a lottery pick on Joshua Primo, uh, which we can't omit. But the reason that pick was blown were for reasons outside of the Spurs' control. Absolutely. Yeah, that was Primo blew the pick. Yes. Yeah. The way they handled it is another issue entirely. Um, but that's also something that's kind of murky. I don't know. I don't. It's, it's not. We're not going to hear anything else about it. Yeah. yeah. Until that case is. Yeah. yeah. It's. It's. It's definitely not going to be a thing that exists what, anymore. What comes to mind is the Seinfeld episode where people just shake their head no. Like, <laughs> <pie>. <laughs> like try the pie. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah that, they won't that's say the why. They just primo. keep shaking yeah. their head. Yeah. No. That's honestly <laughs> probably the best way PR-wise to handle that. But. I completely agree. There's been zero mismanagement of any assets. There haven't been any, like, back in the day, it felt like they were more prone to friend contract or guys Popovich likes would get deals. Like, Bryn Forbes kept coming back over and over again. It doesn't seem like that is happening as, as much. It feels like they're not. The Kelton contract is extremely reasonable. Vassell, when he's up, I'm sure will probably be similar. Uh, probably be more, obviously, but... I don't see And Vassal's a guy who actually has all star potential. Yes, I agree. Completely. Both ends of the floor. Um, two seasons ago, I believe, he was my spur that I was expecting to take a leap. I'm finally going to take my victory lap on Devin Vassell this year. But I still. I feel that, yes, it's, it's easy to be in this. Re well, not easy. It's never easy to lose this much. But. I would feel like a nice babe in a mother's arms being a Spurs fan and dealing with this because I know it's tough right now, but there's at least the pieces in place at the top of the organization and that are going to keep it competent. I mean, the only real tough part of being a Spurs fan right now is watching the games. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is fine. I'm not worried about the future like yep. a Mavs fan would be, and I'm not worried yep. about the organization like a Rockets fan would be. Yep. It's just... it's significantly more boring right now fair it's boring it's the boring kind of agony and the shitty it's always sucks losing and it sucks the brand of losing is always different like the rockets just have so much talent they should be better that but it's just schemed into be they they bake in their losing i don't know i i think that the literal approach for the rockets is put people in positions to fail on purpose so that they experience the failure and work from themselves to make sure that doesn't happen again, quote unquote, or to learn from it. And it's not, but it's not as active a teaching as I would like. It seems like they're literally just letting them do that and experience and teach themselves. But I, I, I get the logic, but I'm very, I'm hesitant to take, I would be hesitant to take that approach with an entire room full of 19 year olds. Like that's something you do with your one prospect on yeah. a team with vets. It's not, 
it looks like this when you try to just enable guys to make mistakes. It kind of it kind of feels like a college professor who overthinking it. No, uh, oh, with, the, with, with, with Silas, it feels like a college professor who didn't really come up with a lesson plan. So he's like, we're going to have a discussion today. <laughs> yes. I want to hear from everybody. <laughs> An interesting thought exercise would be to fantasy draft the players currently on the Spurs and Rockets as assets. Because I'm very curious to see how everything would stack up. Me too. I, I would have to think about it for a while. It'd be something for another day, but it's it's kind of like... How do you rank these guys? Like, how do you rank Jalen Green and Devin Vassell yep. and Sohan and Eason and the picks? It's, yep. you know, it's it's interesting. Is it weird and hot takey of me that in these last, it's, it's just a small sample size. This is ridiculous. It is weird and hot takey of me. I'm just going to answer that. Oh my I, think you're gonna to, I think, I think uh, you're going to say the exact same thing. I, I think Jabari, Jabari Smith may yeah, have played his Jabari, way into number Jabari one. Jabari might be number one. On that list. Yeah, okay. I think. And equally, I think Sohan might have as well. Yes. Yes. Good point. Yeah. So here's what I see when I look at Jabari. He has all the tools. I've watched him hit free throws in crunch time and nail them, which is like a big deal, especially for a young kid. He's he's got that mentality. But he's on a team of with a couple of ball dominant guards that are jacking up their shit. And he has fallen in he in the first half of the season, pre-All-Star break, he fell into that groove of once I get the ball, shoot, because this is my chance. Yep. And he was shooting a lot of top of the key threes, and he was kind of open, you know what I mean? But he was still finding his way, he was missing a lot of shots, and in a system, I mean, he's still doing all of this, and he's putting up great numbers with great size and improving his defense. He's doing all of this off of the ball. Yep. And it's, it's just... It, it, I don't know, I feel like I say it every podcast that I'm on, but I can't express enough. Like, having a star that doesn't have to have the ball in their hands is so huge, and it's... I I see all of the tools with him. Yeah. I feel like Jabari's future is contingent upon being an elite three-point shooter on top of his defense. Like, being the best 3 and D big in the NBA. Yes. It's his ceiling. Yep. Um, and Sohan's kind of like the inverse of that, where he's going to be a guy who's going to be really good with the ball in his hands. The shot's a question. They're both going to be elite defensive players, I think. Yep, absolutely. Up there with the, the OGs and the, the BAMs and stuff, I think at that level of versatility as well. Uh, the, the thing that is really piquing my interest with Sohan is the self-creation that we've seen. He looks really good and sure of himself. He's You're got absolutely right. He's he, like got some like Siakam post game stuff going on. He can run a pick and roll. Pops had him playing point guard a lot. He's six mm-hmm. ten with a seven foot wingspan. So there's like some Siakam, some Ben Simmons, some Draymond in there. He's a really interesting player. Yep. It's gonna be interesting to watch how Jabari and Sohan develop, and then we're not even talking about Tari Eason, who might, oh, yeah. who who could also end up being the best of those three. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Like Tari Eason, at first when he was overperforming, it felt like, oh, this is awesome. We got this great role player piece, and well, and he's just kept going and kept getting yeah. better. And I I see this guy as a long term starter, honestly, at, at at worst. But do you right see now. him as like star potential? Because like not necessarily. See, when I see when I see Tari, I feel like he has potential to be the best role player in the league. Yes, which is which is, the, which the is Derek, not a knock. The is Derek not White a, type season, not a knock know? on him at all, yeah. but. I think I think when I look at Jabari, I see Chris Bosh is really lofty. 
I think as a player type comp, that's good, but I don't know if he hits that level of production. God, Chris Bosh is so underrated. Chris Bosh did not get the love he deserved. Raptors no. Chris Bosh was he Chris something. Bosh. Shit, both he, of them. He, Chris Bosh, he took a step back because he knew he had to to make the team work. And I don't know, I feel like he doesn't get the love he deserves because somebody had to do it. Spo also doesn't get the love he deserves for completely revolutionizing the center position uh, with that team. Like, I, I, and also the love he deserves for convincing LeBron fucking James to move to power forward. At the time, that was like really big deal. I remember the LeBron last 15 that. years have been full of offensive revolutions because we went from Chris Bosh being the revolution at center to Draymond to yep. now it seems like we're going back and we're like in a throwback era with Jokic and Embiid mm-hmm. and, and they're but just the big men need to be able to create and shoot and everything yeah. now. It's just oh man. So you kind of have to be in that Bosch mold because the size matters again. It does. I mean, second Boris Dio mention of the podcast, but Boris Dio was doing that back in like yeah. what 07, 08. Yeah. Uh, Mikey D, man, Mike D'Antoni. Even 06 was get. I think 06 was the year Dio kind of exploded on the scene because I remember the first year. It that was I, the Stoudemire injury year where yes. he had to play yeah. center. Yeah. He started yeah. at center all 80 the, games. I dr- I drafted him in a fantasy basketball league as a point guard shooting guard. <laughs> and by the end of the, uh, or it might have been shooting guard, small forward. And by the end of the season, he was, you could play him at point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center. And that, that's Team what time. I that's what I see in Sohan. Yep. Also, like a little bit of like a 2011 Sean Marion. Like there are so many comps of really good high level players on championship teams that I see with Sohan. Ah, oh, man. Every comp I can think of with Sohan is a high-level player on a not necessarily championship-level team, but a contending elite-level team. Yeah. Like, that's the coolest thing for me about Sohan is that this is, like, uh, uh, barring any health setbacks, a absolute sure thing uh, uh, to me. I, mm-hmm. I don't see him as not hitting his his targeted ceilings by any means. I mean, he's just he's blown away expectations this season because prior to the season, I was like, okay, well, he's going to be a guy. The, the offense is going to be really rough. And he's going to be a, a defensive ace, and you just kind of have to hope that it comes along and maybe gets to average. And now, I'm like, wow, he can do all this stuff offensively, and he's still going to be a monster defender. I don't know how to put a ceiling on him right now, honestly. And you all know I tend to really overemphasize just what a not vibes, that sounds corny, but just kind of demeanors of guys and... and word choice and things like this i like to i like to gauge guys intelligence and and just general personality and psychology a little bit even if i'm wrong i I just it's a fun exercise for me i guess but everything about sohan personality wise and work ethic wise it's like you can comp him to draymond and rodman and all these kind of older guys which rodman i think was just wild just because of the fucking hair and the defense Uh, but i i you can they comp him to all of these kind of people but he has none of the warts none of the personality flaws none of the locker room issues you're never going to hear jeremy sohan punched a teammate you'll probably hear jeremy sohan had a disagreement with a teammate and took them to lunch after practice and they talked it over and you know what i mean like he just seems like a good kid and and he cares about the right things and while he is a menace on the court, an absolute irritant to the other team it never seems to cross the line into like a little shit about you know what I mean like he's doing it all within the scheme of the game and it's all a chess move within the game itself it doesn't seem like it's ever got him in his feelings or personal about it I mean everything you need to know about Jeremy Sohan you can kind of gather from Popovich's comments on him after the uh after the last game I can't remember who they were playing but Memphis, he right? 
Memphis? No, that was Dallas. No, they're playing Memphis Memphis. right now. Yeah. Um, He just lathered praise on the show after that 29-point performance, 29-point double-double. I mean, the kid's awesome. He has an excellent work ethic. Um, Pop compared him and his competitive drive to Manu Ginobili. Which is insane. Which Pop has never slathered praise on a 19-year-old like this. I thought they were going to, like, wheel out Jeremy Soan and Pop was going to, like, tug on his balls and spit on his <laughs> cock. It was, <laughs> it was... It was a lot. Can we get that presser? I'm, <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> Two things that I fully believe about players in the league is you can't really judge a player's true ceiling until you've seen them play in a couple playoff series. Mm-hmm. And you can't really judge a player's like personality and behavior until they become like truly famous. Like if Sohan were, plays his way to being like a household name then and he's still this guy, then I don't know. No, I've just seen fair, a lot of people fair. being like, oh this is the glue guy and then they get they get super famous and go full Kyrie. That's that's totally yeah. fair, but it happens. I guess I mean, all we have are the early indicators to go off of, and the early indicators are really good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I wasn't trying to say it. it was yeah. gonna be, the Sohan was going to be that. I, just, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I got Kyrie on my brain. I can't find <laughs> <laughs> There's just a, there's such a low... My bullshit rate, my bullshit meter doesn't really go off when he's talking. I'm kind of like, damn, this guy seems genuine mm-hmm. and, and yeah. in earnest. And I get what you're saying, though, mm-hmm. because a lot of players seem like that. And then they get Primo. their second <clears throat> contract. Yeah, mm-hmm. they get their second contract and mm-hmm. or whatever happens. They get famous. They start getting minutes even. We've had guys come through Houston where it's like, what do you think you're so fucking cool? You're on the worst team in the league. You're only getting minutes because we suck so hard, not because you're good. And I, I don't know. It just it it changes. That can change guys for sure. The and money and the the fame. It. I don't want to say this because I don't want it. I I love the player, but Jalen Green worries me about attitude. I don't know why. It was I think it was when I saw him get like it it. I saw him what looks like him talking shit to Jabari on the bench. Out, like during one game, and it just made me wonder: Is like, is this guy gonna like become an attitude guy later? Like when he starts to really blow up? I don't know. I don't I, want it to be. I I love the player, but I feel like Jalen. I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, it doesn't yeah. seem like it. He seems like a nice, mm-hmm. nice guy that gets competitive like that. But uh, I would be more worried about the petulance and the the ragey shit from from the KPJ corner of the backcourt. Unfortunately, because. He's working on that, you know. Like he's literally working on oh, that he, literal stuff. Is he like, yeah, like, like ragey? Well, he's. I mean, he's been on. He was. We did it. We traded a second round pick that will not convey for him because mm-hmm. of his locker room issues in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And my, my, his, he left at halftime one game with Houston. He's. Oh, uh, okay. Very much a. a the fact that he's in the league at all is incredible. Uh, he's a triumph, but he has a lot to work on still, uh, mm-hmm. and and he's not done working on it by any stretch of the imagination. So it's, it's it still happens, <laughs> okay. you know. Yeah. Stuff still happens for sure. But that being said, the human he is, it's tough for me to root against KPJ because of the human element of his story, is just so gut wrenching and heart wrenching, and it's just like you want this guy to to win and to figure it out, but. He has to. Yeah. It is definitely not fair for me to have judged Jalen Green off of one bench incident <laughs> where I couldn't hear the words they were saying. My biggest concern with Jalen Green is, are are you just going to be Zach Levine 2.0? Mm-hmm. 
I think is connecting a lot nicer since he had this weird presser after the All-Star break where he was like, no, now I'm locked in with Coach Silas. We're going to be locked in from here on out. I was like, the fuck you been doing? Man? <laughs> so now, and ever since that comment, quite literally, the entire team has looked much more cohesive and Jalen's making connecting passes and, and making reads and taking smarter shots and getting downhill more instead of just dribble, 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 step back over two guys. Um, it just seems like he's trying on defense. Mm -hmm. It just seems like the team is in a better spot and Jalen's in a better spot. But like you said, like that is an attitude concern for me that he was mm -hmm. just kind of checked out because he knew they were losing. And now he's like, no, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to start listening to coach for this last half of the year and see what happens. Uh, that I, I could, I could get down on being a little concerned, but I mean, we're all over the place. We're just yeah. talking about all these teams at once. We were on the Spurs. This is truly the Texas Triangle. This is. Yeah. I like it. We're all, it's kind of fun. We usually are a little more on the map with the, the plan, but... I feel like I could be like 15% stonier. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get the bomb. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I guess coming I mean, shit, should we wrap it up? It's been a long episode already. Uh, lots of edits already. <laughs> lots of edits already. We got other league stuff we can maybe do. There's a little bit of, of WrestleMania ramp up still to go. We haven't hit Backlash yet, have we? Is that this weekend? Uh, there's, no back, there's no Backlash anymore. I thought there was Backlash. I there's, thought it was after Mania. Oh, I thought it was WrestleMania Backlash now or some shit, right? Uh, I think they, they moved a couple... Like, they moved some stuff around, but I know the next thing that we have is Mania. Really? Okay. Yeah. Damn, well, Mania is... It, I think it's, what is it, like three weeks ago? Oh, no, no, Backlash is going to be in Puerto Rico after WrestleMania. Oh, yeah! yeah. Okay, yeah, Bad Bunny's hosting. Yeah. Yeah, and that's actually going to be really cool, I bet. Oh, I can't wait to watch that. I guess it's going to be really fucking cool. My, my wife is going to fucking love it. Speaking of all, I bet. <laughs> um, did the... They're doing all this build-up with the bloodline. Speaking of mania, just real quick, like, do you guys feel like they're kind of not building anything else up uh, properly? Not no. properly. Um, the they're you know what they are building properly is Rhea and Charlotte. I, I was gonna mention that as uh, I'm not really feeling that. Like, I feel like they're focusing on Dom and Ray more and the whole situation and 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 just like the I don't know, like the Rhea Charlotte thing feels kind of afterthoughty almost. Uh, or... Rhea just makes me feel funny on the inside, so I'm happy she's, about it. Yeah, she's banging. Yeah. yeah, she's like if Marilyn Manson was hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to steal one of yours. <laughs> <laughs> she is one of the beautiful people. Yeah, I mean. Can we also talk about how suddenly Dominic Mysterio is, like, one of the best guys on TV? He's so entertaining. Dominic's one of the awesome. best guys on TV. He went from, Most they need to player. get, get yeah. this guy the fuck out of here to, uh, I can't, <laughs> dude, Prison Dom is one of the funniest fucking. Oh, it's gold, dude. I can't wait to see what, because it's inevitable he's going to interrupt Ray's Hall of Fame. Oh, and yeah. It's going to mm -hmm. be hilarious, whatever happens. And Ray's going to be on board fully, of course. But Conan's inducting him. Con that is <laughs> Conan's become kind of a grumpy yeah. old man on yeah. the internet, complaining about everything now. He's one of those guys, but yeah. he's he's still Conan. He's yeah, Con still bowdy bowdy and rowdy rowdy. Yeah, Conan looks like he's melting. Yeah, <laughs> 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 dude, he does. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't have anything else. It's... 20, 25th anniversary of Ken Shamrock getting blasted in the face by a chair. That's fun. That story was awesome. Yeah, it was. <laughs> He's like, I want you to hit me in the fucking face, Rock. It's like, what? And this is the same era of Rock that nearly fucking killed Nick Foley with a steel chair. <laughs> Rock was so happy to wail on you with a chair back then. Oh, yeah, he was God. like, fit you in the face? You don't gotta tell me twice, Ken. Smack. <laughs> 
I, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like there's a... I'm not that hype for Mania. I was really excited about the Rumble, and Mania's mm-hmm. just kind of been like... Even Elimination Chamber, I was excited. Elimination yeah. Chamber was fantastic. I really loved the show. Yeah. I But it was the first sign for me of Vince vibes popping up. Like, it wasn't... Uh, it was the first show that I watched where I was like... Some of that felt kind of Vincey. I don't know, like the the, the 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 Brock match. Yes, specifically the Brock. <laughs> I match just sure. I just pray to God we're done with Bray Wyatt. Good God, man! I kind of am really his last return. I have not enjoyed at all. I, I was always wasted. Huge... La Knight, mm-hmm. like I just did. I, I was a really big fan when he was the cult leader. I was a Bray. huge fan of Bray Wyatt. I I love his charisma. I love every. He's good in the ring. He's very good in the ring. But they're when he wrestles. he he just like yeah he they just he's gone full gimmick. Yep. And that's supernatural shit. Like, there's one guy that could ever pull that off for me, and that's mm-hmm. The Undertaker. But even when he was the cult leader, there was a bit of, there was a touch. Yes, just a the right amount. A touch of right supernatural amount. shit. Yep. And mostly it was they can show up out of the blue. It's yep. also, like, it's a lot more contrived now because there's so much more production, and so it doesn't feel spontaneous anymore. True. And the whole social media presence and little yeah. clues and Easter eggs in every segment that the mm-hmm. fans all pour over, and it's just like, you can overdo that shit, you know? Like, you, you could do that just a few times less, and it would have a lot more of an impact, for sure. Like our, our And maybe game. wrestle every now and then. Yeah. That would yeah. be helpful. He's yeah. wrestled once... Yeah, he squashed L.A. Knight in a mm. branded Mountain in a Dew, Mountain Dew match, yeah, which looked really cool. But it was a Mountain <laughs> so Dew weird. ad at more than it was a match. Apparently, he was supposed to wrestle in a cinnamon toast crunch match for uh, for Mania, <laughs> but then he got hurt. Maybe that's why he walked. Yeah, he's a lot of people are speculating he's the first sign that Vince is back. Okay, I don't know if he was supposed to wrestle in the cinnamon toast crunch match, but there was supposed to be a cinnamon toast crunch match. Awesome. Why did they? Whoever scrapped that, I would like a word because <laughs> Cinnamon Toast Crunch yeah. should be on the biggest stage yeah. at all times. Taco Bell pig pin match. Yeah. If it was a Captain Crunch match, they would have bladed because Captain Crunch will fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, yeah, it'll yeah, cut yeah, the roof of your mouth yeah. for sure. Captain Someone Crunch will make you bleed. Captain Crunch will make you bleed. Yeah. Yeah. Fake, fake blood capsule in the mouth yeah. would have been in order for the Captain <laughs> Crunch match. Um, they would bring Moxley back to that one. Yeah! <laughs> God damn it. Um, Is it just me or are we a better wrestling podcast than an NBA podcast? It's kind of funny, yeah. We so, get going on wrestling and it just feels more natural. Yeah, well, oh yeah, this is lit. <laughs> so in that uh, Texas death match with Hangman, Mox bled like a minute into it and they're all like, Moxley bleeding and then Taz goes, Mox bleeds when there's a light breeze though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Taz. Man. Oh, R.I.P. New Jack. I'll never forget that one interview when he said, um, what is this guy? He's like, Taz, I knew that motherfucker before he was orange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I met Taz, he was white. <laughs> Man, New Jack. Um, yeah, this was fun. Welcome back, David. John, always a pleasure. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody, and like, subscribe, give us notes, all that fun shit. Come yell at us on Twitter. Uh, Hulk Hogan, we're coming for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>